This episode is sponsored by Schwann's.com. What are you having for dinner tonight? Hmm, good question. Schwann's Home Delivery has a solution for you. Stock up your freezer with high-quality frozen foods like premium meats and sides, delicious ready-made meals, ice cream, and more. No subscriptions, no memberships, just a friendly yellow truck that's been delivering food for almost 70 years. Listeners of this show get a special deal. Get 20% off your first order with code YUM20. Check out schwanns.com backslash yum for details. Well, the Democrats are just over the moon. Uh, they, they finally had a good day yesterday because Paul Manafort uh, was convicted of eight counts of the 18 counts that uh, Mueller's prosecutors had brought against him. And Michael Cohen, his former personal attorney, pled guilty to five counts in the Southern District of New York. None of these counts had the slightest thing to do with anything involved with collusion, Russia, or collusion, Russia, or obstruction, uh, but they'll take anything they can get at this point. Hello, everyone. I'm Jim Dawes, and this is Right Now, a journal of news, culture, and politics from a nationalist perspective. So uh, the, the media is really um, just very excited because for the first time in a long time, they got some good news uh, from their point of view after... Uh, you know, the inspector general's report um, condemning uh, Peter Strzok and uh, uh, Andrew McCabe. And after uh, John Brennan, um, you know, making a fool of himself and James Comey being proved a liar, uh, they finally got something to crow about and they, uh, they made the most of it. But really a closer look at what happened yesterday will tell you more about Mueller's prosecutorial misconduct then it will tell you uh, about anything to do with uh, Russian collusion or obstruction of justice. So, um, and I want to say a little something about Mueller. Uh, I've said it a lot, but I, I'm going to repeat it every time I have an opportunity. The idea that this guy is some paragon of integrity and virtue is a laughable joke. The fact that he took this case to begin with, despite such overwhelming uh, conflicts that it would um, have any other lawyer disbarred he was in fact james comey's mentor and he's investigating whether or not uh, donald trump committed obstruction of justice by firing james comey it's it's a laughable joke but um let's look at these uh, these charges one by one uh, manafort was charged with 18 counts almost all of them um well actually all but a couple of them uh, arose from before he ever went to work on Donald Trump's campaign, and he was found guilty on eight of these counts. So what was he convicted of? Five counts of tax evasion from 2010 to 2004. Those those uh, five tax years, he was convicted of falsifying his tax returns. He was uh, committed or uh, uh, convicted uh, for failure to report a bank account an overseas bank account in 2012, and he was convicted of uh, two counts of bank fraud for um, making false statements on loan applications, uh, one from 2015 and one from 2016. The one in 2016 is the only one uh, where he was even loosely associated with uh, Trump or the Trump campaign. The jury uh, was unable to come to uh, any consensus on the remaining 10 counts, um, and, uh, and the Judge Ellis um, declared those uh, hung juries. It's very unlikely 
that Mueller's team will uh, seek retrial on those 10 hung counts because they've got uh, conviction uh, convictions on eight counts enough to send Manafort to jail uh, for 300 years. Uh, each one of these, I'm sorry, 80 years, uh, each one of these counts that he was convicted on uh, can be uh, up to 10 years. So Donald Trump reacted. It's uh, starting to storm here if you hear, uh, if you hear the storm outside. Um, this is what Donald Trump had to say about these convictions of Paul Manafort. That's too bad. I feel badly for both. Uh, I must tell you that Paul Manafort's a good man. He was with Ronald Reagan. He was with uh, a lot of different people over the years, and I feel very sad about that. Uh, it doesn't involve me, but I still feel, uh, you know, it's a very sad thing that happens. This has nothing to do with Russian collusion. This started as Russian collusion. This has absolutely nothing to do. This is a witch hunt, and it's a disgrace. But this has nothing to do with what they started out, looking for Russians involved in our campaign. There were none. I feel very badly for Paul Manafort. Again, he worked for Bob Dole. He worked for Ronald Reagan. He worked for many, many people. And uh, this is the way it ends up. And it was not the original mission, believe me. It was uh, it was something very much different. So had nothing to do with Russian collusion. We continue the witch hunt. Thank you very much. So the counts that they convicted Manafort for, um, these eight counts, were far less uh, than the uh, the crimes that uh, Manafort's former business partner, Rick Gates, admitted to on the stand. So uh, they immunized, uh, well, not immunized, they, uh, they had a plea deal. They pled him down to just a few very minor uh, charges, and, uh, and Gates uh, is expecting to get probation and serve no jail time. Uh, but uh, he admitted on the stand to crimes much worse than the eight crimes that Paul Manafort was convicted in. It's sort of like getting uh, the bank robber to turn state's evidence against the getaway driver. Um, but nevertheless, that's where we are. Uh, Manafort faces about 80 years in jail. He's now uh, 70 years old. I think he might be a little older than 70. And the pressure that they're going to put on him um, to try to come up with something that they that uh, Manafort can give him against Donald Trump or it's going to be extreme. Um, he's, he's only really got one um, avenue of appeal. Uh, the rest of the counts were pretty cut and dry. They were decided on documentary evidence and, uh, and Gates' testimony. Uh, but there is a question of whether or not uh, Mueller had the authority uh, to prosecute anything outside of... Um, of the Russia collusion uh, accusations to begin with. Uh, but Mueller tried to protect him from that by having his prosecutors uh, sort of deputized uh, by the district uh, uh, federal attorney there in Alexandria, Virginia. But here's the thing about this prosecution. Manafort never would have been charged with any of these counts had he not worked for Donald Trump. This was a selective politically motivated prosecution and um and not not that he wasn't in fact guilty um you know i'll defer to the jury for, uh, to that i wasn't in the courtroom i didn't see the evidence or listen to the testimony but 
how do I know this was a political po- uh, prosecution and that Manafort would not never have faced these charges had he not worked for Donald Trump? Because uh, years ago, um, actually three years ago in 2015, the Department of Justice declined to pursue any of these charges. Of course, back then, Paul Manafort was a card-carrying member of the Washington establishment. So, you know, they weren't going to hold him accountable, any more accountable than they're holding John Podesta or, uh, or Vin Weber or Greg Craig, uh, who all worked with uh, Paul Manafort over in the Ukraine and were guilty of uh, many of the same violations that uh, Manafort is going to be charged or has been charged with and will be facing trial um, next month in, in Washington, D.C. But, um, you know, one of the people that looked at the charges and decided that they were not worthy of prosecution was none other than, none other than Rod Rosenstein himself. And the defense uh, decided not to put on a case. Uh, they, they, I believe, wrongly decided not to put on a case because they believed that the prosecution had not uh, met their burden of proving these charges beyond a reasonable doubt. Uh, I think at the very least they should have put Rod Rosenstein on the stand. That would have been you know, quite a spectacle. And ask him why uh, he decided not to pursue these charges again and what changed the Department of Justice's mind. I think it's a travesty of justice. I'm not saying he's not guilty, but he never would have been prosecuted. When the government wants you, when the federal government wants to go after you, they go after your taxes and loan applications because very few tax returns and very few loan applications can stand up to the kind of scrutiny uh, that they they can put you through. Uh, So, uh, as I mentioned, Manafort now faces charges uh, next month in Washington, D.C., of violating the... um, the Foreign Agents Registration Act, FARA. Um, and it, the, these two are prosecutorial misconduct because they're, they're almost never enforced, that law. Since 1960, there's been three prosecutions under FARA, and none of them have been successful. And all of the people that uh, Paul Manafort worked for, uh, over in the U- worked with over in the Ukraine, uh, Tony Podesta, John Podesta, Hillary Clinton's campaign manager's brother, Greg Craig, a former um, uh, Obama chief of staff, and Vin Weber, a uh, former um, a Republican congressman. Um, they're not facing any charges on Foreign Agents Registration Act violations. Uh, they were referred for an inquiry and investigation by the Department of Justice, but they got them the hell out of D.C. where all of these crimes were alleged to have taken place and put them over in the Southern District of New York, the same uh, crew that, uh, that Mueller has got going after um, Michael Cohen, where they can control uh, what actually happens. So uh, this is what uh, political selective prosecutions look like. Uh, this, uh, this highly conflicted uh, deep state alumni, uh, Robert Mueller, is uh, is pursuing this jihad against anybody associated with Donald Trump in order to try to deflect and distract attention away from the actual misconduct that took place during the 2016 elections, and that was an attempt to subvert a presidential election by our federal intelligence and law enforcement agencies. I've got a clip here I want to play for you. This is Andy McCarthy, Andrew, Andrew McCarthy. 
He's a former uh, prosecutor in the Southern District of New York, and he's been, uh, he writes for National Review. He's been very critical of Mueller and the way they've gone about this. Uh, and he's going to tell you what he thinks this might, uh, these, these uh, guilty pleas uh, for Manafort, or guilty convictions for Manafort uh, may, may mean to Donald Trump. Robert Mueller's Russia probe. Joining us now, former federal prosecutor Andrew McCarthy. Andy, could this, how will this even trial have an impact on the course of Mueller's investigation? You know, it really won't have any. The more you think about it, the less I think it, it will. The, the thought up till now has been, and it's probably still true, that Mueller is trying to squeeze Manafort to see if he's got anything on Trump in connection with collusion. But if you think about it, Mueller has had Richard Gates as a witness for months. Mm-hmm. Gates was Manafort's partner through all of the shenanigans that he's on trial for, mm-hmm. right? You have to think, and, and plus Gates came into Trump's campaign with Manafort. So it'd be hard to believe that there's something that Manafort has about the campaign and any connection with Russia that Gates doesn't already have and was not already in a position to give to Mueller. So, you know, I think they went down this road with Manafort. Uh, all of the, the interesting thing is this may be a test of, of Mueller's prosecution, but it's not really a test of his investigation. The rationale for the investigation is any interference by Russia in the election and any connection that the Trump campaign may have had in that. This trial has nothing to do with that. And this is the first of two trials. There's Correct. another trial that's going to happen in uh, the District of Columbia. Right. And that one doesn't have anything to do with the rationale for the investigation either. The reason there's two trials is Manafort objected to being tried for everything, including some tax charges that he's entitled to have in a a particular venue. Most people would want to have one trial where it all gets hammered out there. Mm -hmm. He decided to push for two. If you're Rudy Giuliani, though, would you wait until after all this is done to make a decision about allowing the president to potentially sit down for an interview? Though? No, if I was Rudy, I wouldn't let the president sit down for an interview. <laughs> Thank you for that. You absolutely never allow uh, the president to walk in and sit down for an interview with Robert Mueller and his team. They've shown themselves to be zealous and unethical in their prosecution in this case. Um, Again, selective prosecution of, uh, of Paul Manafort. I'm not saying he wasn't guilty, but there are people uh, on K Street uh, where all the lobbyists are that uh, all have violated these uh, federal foreign agent uh, registration act. There are insiders in the Washington establishment that have all been, um, you know, found guilty of tax evasion and not paying their taxes. Al Sharpton is... Uh, is four point five million dollars in arrears in his taxes. He uh, he got eighty visits to Obama's White House and a show on MSNBC. Claire McCaskill uh, is now running for re-election as the senator from Missouri. She uh, she owes a huge amount of back taxes. Charlie Rangel uh, from right there in uh, in Manhattan or Harlem um, guilty. Um, Melissa Harris Perry over on the MSNBC. Timothy Geithner, Joanne Reed, Tom Daschle, Charlie Rangel, uh, um, Kathleen Sebelius, Barney Frank, the uh, the candidate for governor of Georgia, um, is way behind on her taxes and and uh, and and was uh, had judgments filed against her. 
But if we had a real media in this country, you know, they'd be asking these questions. They'd be pointing out the hypocrisy and the inconsistently in, in applied standards here. But we don't. We've basically got a Trump-hating tabloid version of uh, sort of like a, um, uh, a Jerry Springer type uh, media now that um, is uh, it's just um, highlighting the, the fights here. So with regard to uh, Michael Cohen's uh, pleas there in the Southern District of New York, again, um, nothing to do with Russia collusion, nothing to do with obstruction of justice. Michael Cohen pled guilty to five charges that include three charges of um, filing false tax returns for failure to uh, declare income and um, one count of a, once again, uh, a, a bank uh, loan application. Uh, but the thing that's really got the media excited is uh, that uh, Cohen pled guilty to campaign finance violations. Man, it is really storming here. Uh, because he paid Stormy Daniels and Karen McDougal uh, for non disclosure agreements for alleged affairs. Uh, with Donald Trump uh, many years ago. Uh, Trump denies all of these. Um, Michael Cohen is Donald Trump's personal fixer for these types of issues. Uh, He paid these women for non-disclosure agreements. They took the money. They promised not to talk. They violated the non-disclosure agreement. And and we're supposed to believe that this is uh, something to get excited about. The truth of the matter is wealthy people and celebrities... um, pay these non-disclosure agreements as a cost of doing business. And Donald Trump uh, may have, um, you know, told uh, uh, Gary Co- or Michael Cohen at some point, you, uh, you do whatever you think is in my best interests uh, for uh, public relations purposes, and, and I, will, um, I will reimburse you. As a matter of fact, that's exactly what he claims. Here's a, a clip of Rudy Giuliani. Um, commenting on this, but the, the important part of this clip is Donald Trump's tweets in which he uh, gives his side of this whole affair. This was for personal reasons. This was the president had been hurt personally, not politically, personally so much, and, and, and the first lady by some of the false allegations. That one more false allegation, right. six years old. I think he was trying to help the family. And I, to, to, for that, the man is being treated like some kind of villain. And I think he was just being a good lawyer so and a you, good man. The president weighing in on all of this with a lengthy tweet this morning, perhaps his longest ever. Mr. Cohen, an attorney, received a monthly retainer not from the campaign and having nothing to do with the campaign from which he entered into through reimbursement, a private contract between two parties known as a non-disclosure agreement or NDA. These agreements are very common among celebrities and people of wealth. In this case, it is in full force and effect and will be used in arbitration for damages against Ms. Clifford. That's Stormy Daniels. The agreement was used to stop the false and extortionist accusations made by her about an affair, despite already having signed a detailed letter admitting that there was no affair prior to its violation by Ms. Clifford and her attorney. This was a private agreement. Money from the campaign or campaign contributions played no role in this transaction. So uh, Michael Cohen was represented by Lanny Davis, of all people, who is, uh, who is the Clinton's personal fixer. You might remember him from the Whitewater and the Monica Lewinsky affair. He is uh, Michael Cohen's uh, 
um, mirror image for uh, for the Clintons. And and Lanny Davis, if Michael Cohen thought that Lanny Davis was uh, representing his interests, he is sadly mistaken because Lanny Davis convinced Michael Cohen to plead to two plead guilty to two charges of things that even if they're true are not crimes. Lanny Davis should be sued for malpractice and he should be disbarred uh, because these pleas uh, for campaign finance violations are laughable. Again, Michael Cohen would have never been prosecuted uh, had he not uh, been connected with Donald Trump. They never would have raided a per, uh, an attorney's office and, and seized all this information. There was obviously... Um, you know, his tax returns and these bank loan information in his office. And uh, and they went after him for it. None of these bank officers ever reported any violations of, uh, you know, uh, the law when, when Michael Cohen uh, applied for these loans. When the feds want you, they go after your taxes and they go after your loan applications. Except for Imran Awan, of course, who was uh, pled guilty to a, uh, a bank loan um Violation and uh, was given probation because the Obama-appointed judge determined that he'd suffered enough. Again, tax charges and bank violations and got Cohen uh, represented by Lanny Davis to plead guilty to uh, actions that, even if they're true, cannot be construed in any way possible to be a, a crime. I'm going to play you a clip here. This is um, Mark Levin interviewing the former FEC chair, Federal Elections Commission chair, um, uh, Bradley Smith, on this very issue. Now, Bradley Smith was the guy that would bring charges uh, under the Federal Elections Commission for campaign finance violations. And here's what he has to say about whether or not any of this constituted a crime. Do a thousand times an hour in this country. Uh, pay him, and I want it to go away. And you know, I use my cash, or corporate cash. I don't use campaign cash. And it has nothing to do with the campaign, actually. these are I've had this relationship with this guy. It hasn't gone very well in terms of uh, employee-employer. And Is that a campaign violation? Uh, no, it, it should not be. Uh, assuming that Frank is... Uh complaining about things that you've done in the past uh, or threatening to expose things he thinks are bad behavior, that you cheated golf or whatever it is. Um, and those are things that uh, are not related to you running a campaign, right? Uh, that's that's not in a campaign expenditure, even though it might incidentally benefit your campaign, even though you, you know, part of the reason you decide to pay it off now is so that he, so that you won't have to deal with all the press inquiries and, you know, some people who believe these charges and so on. But it doesn't make it a campaign expenditure. And so, let's say Frank yeah. had actually sued you and you had a lawsuit pending. And you said, this lawsuit is totally bogus, but I don't want to worry about this during the campaign. So let's just settle it with Frank. It doesn't turn it into a campaign expenditure. It's still a personal expenditure. So you want to clean up things that have taken place that, in your view, may bring negative uh, press to your campaign, and it might influence the outcome of the election. And you say, you know what? These are private matters. This is my money. I have every right to spend spend this money to do that. Correct? Right. Now, what if the converse were true? It seems to me a complaint would be filed 
every single day against candidates who are running for office when they spend their own money or corporate money uh, to to look better or to quiet people who are attacking them or to do whatever, buy, buy a different kind of car, wear different kinds of clothes, get it as you point out, get a new haircut and so forth. I mean, the list of charges would be endless. Well, yes, potentially it would be. Let us take, for example, suppose a candidate or a successful businessman and had a number of corporations, and he said to his corporations, let's give uh, all our employees a big Christmas bonus this year because the voters will see that I'm a really generous employer, and that will make them think highly of me. Right? Does that turn that into campaign expense? Can they now use campaign funds to pay those bonuses to employees of the, of the business, not the campaign? Can they use campaign funds rather than the business funds? The answer is no. Those are, that's not a campaign expense. It's still an obligation of the business. It's an obligation that does not exist irrespective of the campaign. But if I want to pay it out of my own pocket, it's perfectly fine. Right. If you want to pay it out of your own pocket, too, it would be the, the same thing. So... No campaign funds. The campaign was largely funded out of Donald Trump's own pocket, but there were no campaign funds used to reimburse uh, Daniels or McDougal. Um, the the uh, non-disclosure agreements uh, existed independently of the campaign. They were not a campaign expenditure. So Lanny Davis marching Michael Cohen into the Southern District of New York and having him plead to these charges is a joke. And these pleas don't establish any precedent. They don't prove anything. These these charges were never adjudicated. They were never decided on by a court of law. And if they had ever gone to a court of law, they would have been laughed out of court. But it gives, you see, the never Trumpers something that they can connect Donald Trump with. This is a this is something that they can tie to him, however tenuous. And you're not going to hear, um, you know, the the media dig into this past. Uh, just the the superficial surface part of it. So let's just imagine. Let's let's play a um, a, a mind game and imagine if Robert Mueller had ever gone after Hillary Clinton or the Department of Justice had ever gone after Hillary Clinton with the zeal and determination with which they're going after Donald Trump. Do you think that Hillary Clinton would have been found guilty of um, espionage? Oh yeah. Uh, taking that personal server and putting classified information on it, whether you intended to commit a crime or not, is a crime. The only intention that was required by the code is that she put the server in her basement and purposely put that classified information on it. Do you think that it would stand up that she was ruling on the um, the uh, transfer of a quarter, no, 20% of the U.S. uranium supply to Russia, while at the same time she was taking $150 million in contributions to the Clinton Foundation while she was sitting Secretary of State. You think that would have held up? How about the Russia collusion? How about hiring a foreign agent, paying him out of campaign funds to go over and rush uh, to coordinate with Kremlin sources? to try to dig up dirt on her political opponent. You think that would stand up to this kind of this level of scrutiny? Campaign fi- finance violations. How about that for a campaign finance violation? You're actually spending campaign funds to hire a foreign agent. You think that the murder of Seth Rich would hold up to this level of scrutiny. They've they've made that a, a taboo subject. You're not even allowed to talk about it. Somebody that was working 
in the IT department at the Democratic National Committee was murdered shortly after uh, the WikiLeaks started revealing the deep-seated corruption in the Hillary Clinton campaign and the DNC. Do you think anybody uh, would uh, would question at the DOJ whether or not a $200,000 reward leading to the arrest and the murder of Seth Rich would, uh, almost two years later, be insufficient to get somebody, some hood rat, to, um, to uh, squeal on somebody? It's laughable. But that's where we are. We've got selective prosecutions. We've got an inquisition. We've got the establishment desperately trying to excise themselves of this interloper on their two-party uh, scam, this two-party two-step that they've been working on us in Washington, D.C. all these years, and they're desperate to get rid of this man and send a message to any uh, anybody that thinks about working for an outsider in the future that if you do, we're going to crucify you. Well, thanks for listening right now, and please, if you if you like this show, like, friend, subscribe, and share it with your friends. And if you uh, if you really like it a lot, go on over to our Patreon page and kick in a buck a month so that we can continue to bring you updates on uh, news, politics, and culture from an American nationalist perspective. When the weather outside is frightful, the Hyundai Santa Fe is, hmm, what's the word? Delightful. Because it's got available H-Track all-wheel drive to make being out together better. Enter for your chance to win the newly redesigned Santa Fe, packed with all the jingle bells and whistles you need to go dashing through the snow together. To enter, visit Amazon.com slash Hyundai or scan the QR code on specially marked red and green Amazon boxes. No purchase necessary. Call 562-314-4603 for complete details. This episode is sponsored by Schwann's.com. What are you having for dinner tonight? Hmm, good question. Schwann's Home Delivery has a solution for you. Stock up your freezer with high-quality frozen foods like premium meats and sides, delicious ready-made meals, ice cream, and more. No subscriptions, no memberships, just a friendly yellow truck that's been delivering food for almost 70 years. Listeners of this show get a special deal. Get 20% off your first order with code YUM20. Check out schwanns.com backslash yum for details.